Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Welcome to you, wherever you're listening to us from, all over the United States and actually all over the world. We want to welcome you. Thank you for taking precious time out of your day to tune in to us. We're here again to enlighten you. And you can find us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial and WPCE or 100.1 FM. Uh, there in Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. And if you're looking for us online, you can always find the podcast uh, by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Again, you can search Bishop C.D. Hodges at iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. You can find Marriage and Family Clinic there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you find out what makes you tick in your relationships. want to find out, want to help you find out by providing you good information, by providing you good insight. Help you find out what's making you tick. Something's motivating you. Something's pushing you. want to help you find out what that is and in turn help you heal and and uh, even perfect your marriage and your family relationship. So welcome once again to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Today I'm blessed to have another special guest with me. Uh, we spent a couple of weeks talking to you about early childhood education, and we actually went uh, from, oh, maybe from the womb up to about kindergarten or so. We did that for a couple of weeks. I'm going to come to you about some more uh, childhood education issues on today, and I keep coming back to this subject because I believe it's extremely important. I believe there are a lot of us who are missing the importance of education, and we're following more rhetoric than truth, and we really need some some solid fact-based, evidence-based information to help us make our decisions regarding education. So my special guest today is Dr. John Rivers. Now, here's a gentleman with extensive, extensive, I mean extensive with a capital E, uh, experience in childhood education. He's executed education plans at several levels, and I'm going to ask him to talk to you about that. And as usual, I know this time is going to fly by, and I'm taking a lot of it now, and I want to hurry up and get in here. But uh, I'm just excited to have Dr. Rivers with us on today. So come on, let's welcome him all over the world. Dr. Rivers, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. Good, so good, man. You, and now, now be careful when you talk like that, because you're getting me going off target. <laughs> God is good. I thank God. And, and I, I say that because this is a Christian-based program. Mm -hmm. It's Christian-based program. We deal with real-life issues. We talk from real-life angles. But I want people to know, and I always remind them, that this is a Christian-based program. Uh, Dr. Rivers, I, I appreciate having you with us right now. Um, Tell us a little bit, tell us something that you would like for us to know about you. Well, how, how, how would we get to know you better at the end of this 30 minutes? I think you will get to know me best by understanding that what I like in terms of intelligence, I make up in terms of perseverance. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always on the go. Wow. I'm always on the go. That, now, now, that's a lesson already. We could really take off on the angle right there. What I lack in intelligence, I make up for in perseverance. So I hear you saying something that I practice myself, something I found out in life, man, that the Marine Corps taught me early on, that you can do just about anything if you have the right strategy and the right attitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you can accomplish pretty much anything 
if you have the right strategy and the right attitude. So I appreciate that sentiment already. So I, I want you to talk to us about your educational experience. You've got a wealth of it. You were telling me about it, and, and man, it almost floored me. And, and I tell you, uh, uh, and so I just want you to talk about that. So, so tell me a couple of things that impacted you during your early childhood education. Well, you know, with my early um, childhood education, my parents had the most significant impact on me. Yeah. You know, my mom was a hard worker. My dad was a hard worker. Uh-huh. We're from the deep south, Augusta, Georgia. Mm. And so I ended up in Rochester just by, you know, something traumatic happened in my family. Yeah. Um, during the 60s, the KKK was on its run, going strong down in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of political strife down there. Um, my... Mother's brother was killed by the KKK. Wow. But prior to that, my grandmother was murdered down there. The murderers were never found. Mm -hmm. And so my mom's life was threatened. And so we got my family. They got money together. They sent us up north to stay safe because my mom was a very um, strong-willed woman, yeah. strong advocate mm -hmm. for disenfranchised people. So that's how I ended up in the north. Wow. And my mom and dad always instilled in me to get a good education. Yeah. And sometimes in life you work twice as hard and you still don't get the representation that you should. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that instilled me and kind of guided me to get into education. And God has blessed me ever since. Wow. Man, that's awesome. That's, now, if I may ask you, what was the education level of your mom and dad? Um, neither of them graduated from high school. Mm. So my mom was a very artistic woman, very intelligent woman. As a matter of fact, she bought her first truck um, and started her own trucking business. And she bought, bought that truck because my brother has sickle cell anemia. Mm. And so he was sick a lot, but he loves trucks. And he can handle a 16-wheeler like you would never believe. Wow. But no one wanted to hire him because, you know, if he, get, if he got sick on the road, the truck would have to be by the wayside. It couldn't mm -hmm. make it to destination. So my mom put together some money, her ingenuity, and she bought him a truck. And so wow. before she died, he was a trucker. Wow. So that sounds like a real-life example of your, your motto that you told us just a couple of minutes ago, what you lack in intelligence you make up for in perseverance. Well, see, here's the thing, Mr. Mm -hmm. Hodges. If God is for you, who can stand against you? Who can? Who can stand against you? Who can? Now, didn't I warn you already? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but and, and, my God. See, people mm -hmm. talk about being on the right side of history. Yeah. But what I tell you, my friend, is that be on the right side with God. Yeah. That's where you need to be. Yeah, yeah. History will take care of itself. Seeking first to be right with him above all else. Exactly. Seeking first to be right with God above all else. And, and that's why I said a couple of minutes ago, we need to have evidence-based, fact-based information to base our decisions on and not rhetoric mm -hmm. and not emotion. Exactly. Because we're going, we're going to have to work. No matter, no matter what's going on in our society, I think you're an example. I pray that I'm an example. Your parents are an example. I know my parents are an example of what can be accomplished through hard work. My dad, he married my mom when she already had three children. I watched him work feverishly from sunup, before sunup to after sundown. Right. But he took care of us. Mm -hmm. He took care of us. And I'm not, I, I tell you what, I don't need to gain any weight today. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? exactly, exactly. But just, just the example. So I appreciate you uh, letting us know that you had a good example in your mom and dad. That would made a difference. And, and, and I tell you, with everything going on in our society, especially for some of us and some of our neighborhoods and communities, man, we need those moms and dads. 
our children's first and greatest teachers, mm -hmm. our children's first and most authoritative teachers. We need our children to see those moms and dads in the home and working. Amen. God is our key, and education yeah. will get us further than you can ever imagine. Because, yeah. you know, as, as an African-American male, yeah. we're strong people. Yeah. I mean, I think about the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. Our people being shackled uh -huh. in the ship days on end, and not being able to see the light of day, and they survived. Yeah. yeah. And look at us now. Yeah. Look at us now. We're prospering. So education is, yeah. is the key. And getting God's blessing to be successful in life. Yeah, because yeah. if you get knocked down eight times, get up nine. You got to get up nine. You got to get up. You got to get, no matter what, you got to get up. You got to get up. And, and and I almost feel like going off on the tangent here, man. Okay. But I, I want to get some stuff out of you. All right. But but let me, I got to say this, though. <laughs> you brought it up. You brought it up, man. But, you know, when we look back at the example of those Africans coming across the Atlantic Ocean, when we look back at the example of their striving, their struggling, their work ethic, yeah. their sense of can-do-itness, I gotta make up words to describe how oh, yeah. awesome they were. Oh, yeah. Their sense of can-do-itness, their you can't stop me-ness, uh, uh, and, and their faith all overlaid and juxtaposed with faith. Look what they accomplished. Mm -hmm. Against all odds, without government assistance, look what they accomplished. And, and I know we have some hurdles, our people. We have a lot of hurdles to climb today. We have a lot of hurdles to overcome. But I tell you what, you get some more juice. You get some more motivation. You get some more energy. You feel a little bit more wherewithal when you lean back on their struggles and how they made it through. Mm -hmm. And you get just a little bit more to take on your own hurdles in this current day. Yeah, Amen. yeah, yeah. It's, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it is. Stuff. It is. I wish, I wish we had time to go on with that. But let me ask you something. All right. Go ahead. Go <laughs> let, ahead. Me, let me talk about your history here. Uh, uh, you told me some uh, uh, pretty amazing things about your educational experience. Tell me some about the. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the levels and the positions that you've held in education. Wow, you know, if, if we talk about that, we go on all day. So I'll give yeah. you a quick preview. <laughs> I've been an adjunct professor at Monroe Community College in Rochester, New York. I've been a dean. I've been an assistant principal. I've been a middle, my middle high school elementary principal. I've been an assistant superintendent. I've been a superintendent of California. Um, I've just done about everything, and now I'm in this organization. I was an instructional support specialist. Now I'm a PPIS. So you name the job. Uh -huh. I taught for eight years science. My background is in biology and chemistry. Yeah. So you name the position of education, chances are I've been there. I've done that. Wow, wow. Now, and what's it, the last one, the last title you gave that you're currently uh, Professional practice instructional um, specialist. Okay. Yep. Professional PBIS. practice. And tell us what that does, because well, a lot of people, a lot of people out there listening, don't understand that. Uh, uh, I should uh, preface all of this by saying also you're currently functioning in the Department of Defense Education Activity. Yes, sir. And that's uh, um, uh, schools that educate our military children around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to put it simply. So tell us what the uh, uh, PPI does. Well, if you break it down into two components, basically it's coaching. Coaching mm -hmm. other administrators, more specifically principals, mm -hmm. assistant principals at all grade levels. Yeah. And the other part of that comes into the professional coaching. 
Wow. Because it's been proven with data that we get better at our jobs if you have a coach yeah. assisting you and guiding you. And yeah. we use different formats in terms of how we coach people. Yeah. So you'll see CEOs, for example, they have coaches to help them mm -hmm. get through their daily functions also that they're planning. Yeah. So that's a, a large por portion of my job, the coaching component and the professional development. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. You know, my mind changed about coaching several years ago. Okay. And the issue of coaching came to light when I heard someone who was speaking about coaching and they asked the question, did you ever ask yourself why Tiger Woods needs a coach? <laughs> and it was kind of like an epiphany. Was, mm -hmm. I had an aha moment. I was like, Tiger Woods needs a coach. Yeah. Wow. And so we see people operating at every profession at every level who benefit from coaching. And when it comes to education, I'm glad to hear uh, that you're engaged, involved in that. Uh, I can definitely witness that our teachers, our principals, educational leaders, they need coaching also. All right. Yeah, coaching takes on various components. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, oftentimes it's a think partner, having mm -hmm. someone else to take a different viewpoint, a different mm -hmm. perspective to help you get to higher ground. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's so effective. Yeah. And you're a doctor also. Is your doctorate in education? Yeah, I have a doctorate in education. I have a master's degree in secondary education. I have another master's degree in science. I have my bachelor's degree in biology. Mm -hmm. And I have an associate's degree in science as well. So you don't mind education? No, I've been doing it all education my life. Education's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, nah, it's not a bad thing. It'll open up some doors yeah. that, um, you know, um, and previously may have been closed. Uh -huh. you know, I still face things. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we talked about Kodak. I yep. remember, you know, graduating from uh, SUNY Brockport. Mm -hmm. Had my degree. I was all excited about getting my first job. Yeah. I went into Kodak at the time, and that's many years ago. Right. And um, so I told a young lady I was there to fill out an application, and she didn't look like me. Kind of gave me a a, a look. It wasn't a warm look. It wasn't a friendly look. Yeah. And one thing she said, well, uh, Mr. Rivers, if you want to get a job here, you need a degree. And I said, well, ma'am, this is a good day for both of us because I do have my, my master's <laughs> degree. There you go. So I showed it to her. She seemed to be a little perturbed that yeah. I had a degree. Um, I hate to say I was never called back for an interview, wow. but um, that was a stepping stone to something mm -hmm. better. God has something better in store. Yeah, yeah. You know? Amen, amen. I know that's right. I that know right. that's right. And, and man, there's a lesson in perseverance right there. Or door, or door shut is not the end of all. It just changes your direction. Oh, there were you many doors. Go, yeah. There were many doors that yeah. weren't open. Yeah. You know, I can go on all day about the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a sermon. Doors. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Simple <world>. doors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and folks, I simply mention all of that. We've just gone through all of that just to let you know and to say to you that I'm talking to a gentleman who's well qualified to discuss this particular issue with me. I'm talking to a gentleman who's well qualified to share, uh, 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 share guidance with you and with me to every listener out there about the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the importance of education. All right. And with that said, Dr. Rivers, um, you've operated at all of these various levels of education. Uh, is there, are there any ideas or policies or philosophies that you found to be consistent across these areas uh, at all these levels of education? You've been in primary, secondary, the college and university level. You've been a teacher, a, a principal, an administrator. What, what is consistent about that? 
You know, one thing I would say is consistent about you know working with families because I work with single moms, single dads, mm. um, both individuals and in adults, both individuals in the household. Mm. And I would say to the folks, um, especially uh, people of color, yeah, don't when you engage an institution, don't assume that everybody's doing things in your best interest. Uh -huh. You have to be actively engaged in the process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and if you're not actively engaged in the process, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, any educational system, it's a system in and of itself. Right. And you have to engage that system if you want your child to progress. Or if you're in college mm -hmm. yourself or whatever the case may be, you have to be engaged in the system and you have to know the rules. You have to know the, the lay of the land if you're going right. to progress in that system. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I would say is that um, when you look at particular systems, not all systems exist for your benefit. Mm -hmm. Systems have to produce something. They have mm -hmm. to bring in revenue. And that's what you have to keep in mind. And that's why it's so important for parents to, to make sure that they understand the system they, and if you don't understand the system get an advocate mm -hmm. make sure that someone's there like a coach to help you to walk through right. some of those potential minefields because um, you know when I look at America and I look at you know the redlining the educational system mm -hmm. I mean the, the the modality we're in right now where a lot of things are coming to light now especially around education because I spend a lot of my time working with disenfranchised communities mm -hmm. you know when we look at for example I grew up in the inner city of Rochester okay when we compare the suburbs to the inner cities well you have a, a the suburbs for example they have a, a very robust um, network in terms of funding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you see people who are more affluent tend to move to the suburbs. There's right. a bigger uh, financial base. Um, those districts can get more resources to mm -hmm, help kids. Mm -hmm. So those are the type of things that you need to look at in terms of not only where you live, but what type of services mm -hmm. you want to provide or have provided to your kids. Well, well and, and I think you're going... A couple of times already I've mentioned the importance of making evidence-based or having evidence-based, fact-based information with which to make decisions. And I think you're explaining what I mean by that, the importance of knowing the system that you're in. How can parents get to know the system they're in better? Because the system that, for example, that you function in in Rochester, New York, it's not going to be the same one operating in Los Angeles, California, right. Dallas, Texas, Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. Certainly wasn't the one I was operating in in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, right. if you can imagine where that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So how can parents get to uh, better familiarize themselves with the systems that they're functioning in? Well, you know, probably the most unique way to do it, I know everyone's working, but volunteer. If you can't volunteer in the school, for example, get mm -hmm. on the PTO, parent-teachers mm -hmm. organizations. The PTA, you can get on there, you can see the inner workings of the system, so you get better information in terms of how to mm -hmm. interface with the system. Mm -hmm. But you got to be there. You can't, you can't talk about it, you got to be about it. Yeah. And then oftentimes in education, people like to talk. But if you're talking about something and there's no final product, all we've had is a good conversation about right. something. you right. got to get into the system, whether it's just popping in when you can um, yeah. as a parent or getting involved in some type of organization. And there's a plethora of organizations that mm -hmm. you can you could tap into. But just by tapping in, you can get a visual, mm -hmm. first-hand visual in terms of what's going on in the school system. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it will be surprising. How, how decisions are made, mm -hmm. um, how, they're, how they manifest itself into reality for all the students that are in a particular district. Right. Wow. Awesome. How important is it for a school to see mom and dad's face? 
is very important. It's mm -hmm. very important. Because if, if a school doesn't see mom and dad's face, uh, for people of color generally, mm -hmm. you're considered an absentee parent. I'll tell you a quick story, and I'll make this very brief. Yeah. Um, I remember when I went in for a parent-teachers conference, because I just don't talk about doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm about doing what I need to do. Yeah. I went in for a parent-teacher conference with my daughter. Walked into a classroom. I'm in a suburb of Rochester, right? Mm -hmm. Very affluent community. I was blessed. I go in the, the, for a parent-teacher conference with my daughter. I walk in, I'm meeting with the teacher. We're having a conversation about how my daughter's doing. Everything looks fine. So I kind of, I like to do a global scan of the room. I like to see where the chairs are. Mm. And I looked over in the corner and I said, I looked, there were two chairs off to the side. Where on the other side of the room, all the desks were. So I asked the teacher, I said, ma'am, I'm just curious, who sits over there? She says, your daughter and a special needs student. I'm like, okay. My daughter is not special ed. So I said, well, ma'am, um, how long has my daughter been sitting over there? She said, oh, maybe about a week, week and a half, Dr. Rivers. I said, well, um, can you tell me why she's sitting over there, away from the rest of the kids? She goes, well, Dr. Rivers, your daughter likes to talk a lot. And, um, you know, I put her over there with a special ed kid to kind of keep her to herself, you know. And so I said, well, ma'am, you know, if you had called me, I would have been here. Uh -huh. But I'm glad that we have this opportunity because I will definitely talk to my daughter about her using unnecessary verbiage in your classroom that may be hindering other kids from learning. I said, um, how long were you going to keep her over there? And you know what the teacher said? I don't know. I never really thought about it. So I'm thinking to myself, my daughter is sitting over there by herself with uh -huh. another special ed student and you mm -hmm. never thought about how you're going to integrate her back into the classroom sitting with the rest of the kids? Right. You know? I right. mean, I would imagine any child would feel ostracized by that. Right, right. right. So I said, um, well, ma'am, you never call me. You don't have a, a re-entry plan for my daughter. And so to me, that's very disheartening, you know, because it makes me feel like my daughter uh -huh. isn't important. She's, she's not bringing any quality to your classroom because she's in the corner over there with a special needs student who I'm sure probably has some things that, you know, he's working on right. as well, right? right? So I ended up having a conversation with the principal, and I had several meetings and stuff, and um, we ended up very quickly integrating my daughter back into where she should be. Mm -hmm. The thing about it, my daughter loved the teacher. Right. But I, I could see that the teacher had some issues with my daughter around color. Now, you may ask me, how do I know that? Mm -hmm. Well. One of the three meetings that we had with the principal, because these were extended meetings after school, and she had made a comment to me that, well, she came from a district where there were a lot of students of color. Mm. And so the principal always put children of color in her classroom because she knows how to deal with black people. So I found that to be very offensive. So before I could say anything, the principal jumped in and said, you know what? That was very offensive what you said to Dr. Rivers, and you will apologize right now. That's not the kind of school district we are. Wow. You know, so I was like, wow, this guy, you know. Wow. But we ended up moving my child out of that classroom, right. and I worked right. with the principal on some other things. But see, that's what I mean about right. being, um, not being an absentee parent. Mm -hmm. You assume that, you know, you're paying heavy taxes in the suburbs, that you're getting right. the same type of treatment, and that's not necessarily the same. Right. Now, if I weren't involved in terms of coming to open house or being a part of that classroom, that could have gone on for the rest of the school year. Right, right, right. And so it's, it was just your presence, your presence, your interaction, your engaging the system, as it were, exactly. that allowed you to uncover what was obviously an unfair bias against your daughter. Well, you know what? I wish I have three kids. 
Yeah. I wish that that was the only story I had. Right, right, right. But we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> so that's why I tell parents to be engaged. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, here, here's the thing. When it comes to the trust, trust is something that's gained over time. Right. I put my trust in God because he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Right, right. So you have to do right. your due diligence. Right. It's not a, I think I want to do it. I ought to do it. Mm -hmm. I want to do it. You got to do it. You got to mm -hmm. engage the system. And you mm -hmm. got to learn about the system. And believe me, just by being there and having conversations with people, you'll pick up on things that right. will be eye-opening and also will be encouraging to you. Right, 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 right. And you know, I, I, I love the way you described handling that. You didn't go in with a bunch of baseless charges. You didn't start pointing the finger, running off at the mouth, telling people what they better do and who they are. You approached it intellectually. It sounds like you were emotionally controlled, which gets a lot of us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yes it does, yes it does. But you know what, the thing about it though, I'm blessing this term because my background is science, so I always use yep. a scientific method. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm, right. I'm throwing out a theory in terms of what may happen or what did happen and then I try to find the evidence. Mm -hmm. Because too often we mm -hmm. go into a situation, we're angry. Yeah. Right. Because we're yeah. constantly bombarded with what I call these microaggressions, where people say things to you off the cuff, mm -hmm. you know, in a joking way. But it's one of these things where they're saying it to kind of uh, demean you, disenfranchise right. you. Right. So right. if I had gone in and, and gotten upset, then it's just another angry black man who's upset and you don't get the response that exactly. you typically should get. Exactly. Man, that, that is such a valuable lesson. That is such a valuable lesson. And it's so easy for people who run the system to dismiss you from the system right? when you don't participate in the system. There you go. And so I often tell people when they're engaging any organization, whether it's an educational organization or whatever the case may be, you know, yeah. be quick to listen, slow to speak, uh -huh. and slow to anger. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And you Absolutely. got you got to just process what's going on and, and, and give multiple data points before yeah. you try to draw a conclusion. Yeah. Because yeah. oftentimes you will be dismissed as an angry person having yeah. a bad day. Wait a minute. Are are you saying? Are you actually saying that people should think before they act? Are you actually saying that people should do a little bit of investigative work? before they make an allegation or they act on something? Well, see, here's the thing. I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. You know, I don't, I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. But see, it's better to keep your mouth shut and be thought of as, as a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's why people should be at, at peace yeah. before they just start blurting out things. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I've seen that many times with parents coming into schools. They're very upset. Sometimes it's... They, they, they're totally right, but it's all about how mm -hmm. you approach the situation. It is, it is. Wow, man, this is this is amazing. Dr. Rivers, I'm telling you right now, we just about, we only got about two, three minutes okay. left, but uh, you will be hearing from me again. I, I hope and pray that you remain available to me. Uh, uh, but before you go, you know, I, what can we do with these last two minutes? I, I want to stay on these parents. Okay. I've heard several stories we've seen in the news several times. A kid will go from ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. Mm -hmm. It's two months. It's three months before graduation. Okay. Now parents find out the kid doesn't have enough credits to graduate. Right. Right. I've seen that as well. I'm sure everybody 
I'm sure everybody bears some blame there. Everybody bears some responsibility on mm. both sides of the table. But let's point the finger at parents right now. Okay. I want to say to parents, here are some things you can do to make sure nothing like that ever happens to you. What are those things? The one thing that they could do, you have a child, have a conversation with your child. Mm -hmm. right? I've had folks who come to me and say, well, Dr. Rivers, I don't know calculus. I don't know biology. I don't know how to talk to my kid about you know, what's going on with his studies. The thing about it, you don't need to be an expert in a particular content area. You can ask your kid about how his day went and tell me what mm -hmm. you learned. Mm -hmm. if, the kid can't, if your child can't articulate that, then there's a problem. You need to reach out to the mm -hmm. school and have a parent-teacher's conference. You don't have to wait until there's a specified day. Right. Okay? You can go in at any time. You know, mm -hmm. you can call the counselor, talk to your counselor. You can go into a school and say, hey, I want to see where my kid is in terms of the number of credits that he needs for graduation. Mm -hmm. Is he on target? And don't make it a one-time visit. It's got to be an ongoing process mm -hmm. with the kid. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that, you miss out on a lot of opportunities. You miss out on potential grants that your child can start getting prepared mm -hmm. for before they even get to the senior year. Mm -hmm. So that's why that communication and engaging the system right. is so important. Because if you don't right. engage, you'll get left out. We're back to engaging. Yeah. So the key, one of the keys to successfully educating our children is parental engagement. And accountability. And accountability on both sides. On both sides. The family and the school, the school district. So we need engagement and accountability. My goodness, we're all out of time. All right. I'm all out of time here. You will hear from me again. But again, I'm saying that you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. We're all about all things marriage and family here. And we're so glad to have with us on today Dr. John Rivers. We will be hearing from him again. I've enjoyed this. I've been enlightened. I've been edified. I'm enthused and excited. If you want to hear this or any other uh, broadcasts again from the Marriage and Family Series, just look me up on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Bishop C.D. Hodges. Look us up there. And I'm all out of time, but we got to get out of here. But please, please do remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.